as the agriculture financial controller and he also spent about eight years in the more recent past eight years as working on the banana trust which was implementing several agriculture products in uh, projects rather in dominica which were financed by the eu so we tonight we are going to be talking all about agriculture in dominica as you know dominica is by far and large an agriculture country it, it is mainly agriculture and tonight we have an expert on the agriculture sector that we're going to engage in a discussion tonight so let me say a very special welcome to you grayson thank you very much um thompson it's certainly a pleasure let me um, wish um, uh, invite our listeners this this evening on this program. It's my very first time, uh, and certainly it's a pleasure. And I would like to take this opportunity to discuss my involvement in the various aspects of the Dominican economy, and in particular in agriculture and the related fields. So once again, thank you very much, um, Thompson, for inviting me to your program this evening. Well, it's certainly great to have you, Grayson. And as I said before, you are certainly one of the more preeminent experts on the island with regards to agriculture. You've lived it, you've worked it, you've seen it firsthand. And maybe we can start by asking you to give us your views on the current state of agriculture as you see it in the country today. What are your views on the state of agriculture as it is currently in Dominica? Well, the state of agriculture as it is in Dominica is certainly what it was in let's say, two or three decades ago, in the sense that um, our main um, one-crop economy, which was bananas, is certainly not as prominent as it used to be many years ago, and that has been so for a number of reasons. But in my view, to be very frank, I think far more can be done in the field of agriculture, notwithstanding all of the, the negative um, um, factors that is in, in agriculture. And I would certainly like to take the opportunities as we go along to indicate to the listeners what I think is my perspective and how I think that we could drive agriculture and make it more viable than it is today. Yes, certainly. You talk about the viability of agriculture, and one of the things that I've, I've noticed in my frequent visits to Dominica is agriculture is simply not the same way that as it used to be i mean agriculture was was very much a part of the dominican psyche part of the dominican life but today even as we speak we don't see that heavy involvement even by the people what do you think has accounted for if you like this decline in agriculture as we see today in dominica well thompson and for the benefit of of the listeners is that you have in my days i suppose that you have an aging um, agricultural um, population of peoples involved in, in, in agriculture. And sufficient, in my view, is not being done to attract um, younger people. The other thing is that which is important is that if we have to bring younger people in agriculture, it cannot be business as usual. Today, we can employ more technology in agriculture to make it more viable. I mean, you have irrigation, you have fertigation, you have greenhouse technology, you have new crops, you have new planting material. All of this new technology can be used and these materials to make the industry more viable today. It cannot be business because you cannot have an ask a, 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 a 60 or 70 or 80 year old man who is still in agriculture 
to go back and use a new technology and he doesn't have the investment capital to go in it. And I think this is the way that should be is to move into into technology. You have a new, a, new, a new regime of plants, new regime of animals and so on, and you could use technology to make it more productive and more enterprising and more profitable. That is my view. Well, there can be a number of factors can be can be. I, I think first of all is I, I doubt very much whether in the last um, ten years or something that we make agriculture part of our curriculum so that at least that those people who want to move into agriculture can move in agriculture. You have an issue that um, some of the young people um, may want to have land and they do not have land. And so one of the factors that has been um, um, issues in, in agriculture in Dominica, and I'm sure it's not only related to Dominica, you have in the economy, you have some people with knowledge and, and they can apply technology. They don't have the capital, they don't have the, the, the land, the resource. On the other hand of the scale in the economy, you have some people with tremendous amount of wealth and resources and capital money, but they do not have they know whereabouts to go into agriculture. So we have to find some way to marry all of these resources. For yourself, who is an economist, you have to use all. You have to have the land, you have to have the technology, you have to have the knowledge, you have to have the capital, and you have to have the market and so on. You have to find a way to blend those resources, to put it into production to get agriculture off the ground. This is my view. You know, I'm glad to mention that, though, because I recall growing up as a child in Dominica in the heyday of the banana industry. I remember it was a very easy thing for us to make that transition into agriculture because we saw people making money off of it. And I'm wondering if that is not the problem that we have today, why young people are just not interested in the sense that they don't see a future in agriculture because agriculture has been downplayed by the authorities in Dominica. And is it that the, the young people just don't see a future in agriculture? That they don't think that this is the way that they can make a living? Well, well, Thompson, um, as I say, um, and that is my reason, to make the, the, the industry more productive and, and, and benefit to the people who are going involved, you certainly will not have, the, the number of people in agriculture will have to reduce. Because if you move in with technology and you move in with new crops, new plants and so on, you will have greater yields and so on and so on. In other words, if, if for example, you have a market and you say that you want to have um, 100 tons of a particular commodity per week, and, and that 100 tons and so on, in the past you require people with 25 acres, so you only have four, four tons per acre. With technology today, you could probably do it on 10 tons and half, uh, on 10 acres and have anything like like 10 and 15 and 20 tons output in the acre. Um, you, you look at, at, at vegetables and production and so on. With greenhouse technology, you just have to introduce and get to support people. The Ministry of Agriculture must have the support and the, technology, the technical people to assist those people in the field, and you drive agriculture. 
But doesn't doesn't the, the lay of the land in Dominica, the, the geography pose a particular problem for introducing new technologies? Because most of the of the plots are still very small and holding plots, right? Yeah, but okay. When I say about technology, you look at the Casabros um, um, flat, this piece of land which was originally owned by Gis, by CDC. When I worked to the banana industry trust from um, as the executive officer, you employing um, you, uh, European Union funds to look at infrastructure development. Between a drainage system and an irrigation system, the trust spent close to $5 million in that area. And there's, as I speak to you, 250 acres of good agricultural land can be irrigated and increase your productivity by anything like 25-30 tons an acre. So the question is that, that what we need to do is that there are some people who want to own the land. What we should have a system where if you have the young people have a land bank and release land to people and so on. That the government must have an input in, in, in this whole structure. But this is an area that where we can move agriculture. As I speak to you, you look at the Kalibishi area where a new another irrigation project has been implemented for another, I think, 300 acres of land that can be put on the agriculture. And mark you, those areas between Casibus and um, um, Kalibishi does not necessarily have to be bananas. You know. It could be agriculture. You could do planting. You could do um, 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 ground provisions. You name it, as long as it is in agriculture and producing. And it can be done. It's just that how you, you motivate the people to move into this area, get back into agriculture. I want to talk about the motivation in a little bit, but I wanted to go back to, to the issue of, of, of Cassie Bruce and Calabishi. You mentioned 250 acres in the case of, of Cassie Bruce and other 300 acres in the case of Calabishi. What That's went correct. wrong in those instances? But there, were, there were money spent in, as you said, in putting an irrigation system. What happened? What went wrong in both of those cases? Oh, oh, particular in the case of the, the Casables, what I can say that I, I think that when you talk about motivation of farm is that when the scheme was first envisaged and farmers were, were very much more active and were awaiting those carrots, then tenders were issued out to implement the project. Then we had a break of almost two years because the government then said, that they want to use the land for another project, which never materialized. So farmers got disenchanted and, 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 left, and left, left bananas, by which time the, the returns on bananas were diminishing, diminishing with, with time because of the issue of the WTO and, and, and prices on, on, the, on the European market. So it was difficult to get farmers after the irrigation came to get them interested in coming back. Mark you, there are a few farmers who are doing very well. I think there's an Adrian Barnes chap who is there, who is doing something like, I think, 20 or 25 tons an acre. But he only has a small piece of land, I think, only about four or five acres. Now, Grayson, you, you, you mentioned the, the types of crops and bananas, and I've heard conflicting, you know, opinions. Some people feel that we should abandon bananas altogether. Some people still feel that there is a rule for bananas. What, given your experience in that area, what is your view? You think that we should abandon bananas altogether? 
and forget about it and go into tree crops say, and, and other crops? Well, well, to start with, bananas we can, will not be a prominent crop as it used to be. One of the things that that uh, decision I have to make, and it depends on my view is that if you totally lose bananas or you have a, a combination of bananas and citrus and so on, and you lose that export of this agricultural commodity, bananas, citrus, and if you want to be planting onto the UK market, we lose the return of trade out of the UK because you would have lose, lost that shipping link. That is, that, that is one of my views. The other thing that we can use agriculture, that bananas, there are new varieties of bananas and so on that are coming out because one of the factors that are facing us today in bananas is the whole question of black cicotoka, which is a very deadly um, lispot disease. So if we got hit, that, that is certainly going to have a, certainly a negative impact on the output of bananas in, in the country. The other thing that we could look at, which I think it is done in Brazil, there's a new um, variety of bananas which is resistant to, to this spot, or the black circuit of Tucker. It is not a very good table bananas, but you could use it for, for industry, for making banana chips and so on, and forms of food for eating. That is an, 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 a, 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 something that can be looked into. For example, in Jamaica today, Jamaica doesn't export bananas. All bananas that are, are produced in Jamaica is consumed locally. So the question is that we, we may have to look at why should we import Irish potatoes and all these things and so on, find means of using bananas as a means of our daily um, meal and various ways that we could prepare it. So I, thought, I don't think bananas is just lost just for the sake that we don't have an export, a big export market for it. But what happened to the um, to the recent market? I thought there was the fair trade and all of that. What what happened to that? I thought that bananas were still being exported in significant well, numbers from from Dominica. The, one of the problems is that, that, as I mentioned earlier, that in any production um, um, cycle, you have to have the the resources, the machinery, the land, the capital, the knowledge, and so on, and the marketing and the shipping. What has happened? We have lost that shipping link in the regional market. We do not have a, 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 a reliable shipping link. My understanding is that this was a, was a very reliable shipping link to take our bananas in the in the regional market to Barbados. But the geese has rescheduled the shipping that they do not come to Dominica to go to Barbados. They go to Barbados first and come here. So we have lost that 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 um, connection for original um, link to Barbados. Are you saying, and, and for our listeners who do not know enough of the banana sector, are you saying that we no longer export bananas to the UK? No, we are exporting bananas to the UK. Our your 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 particular mention about the regional the trade regional market, right? The regional market, which fair trade and and um, the Dominica export produce banana exporters producers were using. That link for the regional trade to, to, to Barbados, both for bananas and for planting, they have lost that contact because we don't have shipping. But we do ship bananas to the UK. So you do have but shipping. So, but what has, what has been lost basically is the, is the regional aspect of it. That's correct, yes. That's what we, um, yes. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the different types of crops because bananas seems to be winning in importance. 
some time ago we had talk about a coffee plant being offered by the Venezuelans to Dominica. Yeah. Um, what are your views on that? Is there anything happening with regards to to the cultivation of of coffee in 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 Dominica? All I know is that um, the Venezuelans has donated a coffee plant to the government of Dominica. The plant is on island. Um, my understanding is that the ministry has taken a decision to set up the plant in Portsmouth. As to whether there is any program to plant coffee, that I cannot say. But I could I would say one thing is that, that you could develop a variety or blend of coffee to make it just like you you had the cafe noir in Dominica in the past and make it something that that um, you could market in Dominica and make it a, a a blend of coffee just like you have in Jamaica you have the Blue Mountain coffee but this takes some time in developing and marketing and so on but you must have the production and the consistency because you cannot just go and tell somebody you have some coffee they call um, you may want to call it a different name beside the, the, the Dominica blend coffee, you know. but there must be consistency in quality, consistency in production, so that when you're in the market, people know that you're there for some time. You know, Grayson, I'm a, great fan, I'm a great fan of history, and one of the things that I, when I heard about this coffee plant, I began to research a little bit about coffee, and I found out that Dominica was at one time the leading exporter of coffee. Our coffee was the most expensive coffee in the world at one time in the yeah. 1800s. It was a yeah. coffee that was much desired, uh, you know, because of, the, of, of being grown at altitude. But my concern yeah. is that, whereas we can probably capture some of that back my concern is that we, we we have as you said we have a, a plant but we don't have any production in place i mean the coffee i've seen in dominica and correct me if i'm wrong th these are coffee trees that kind of grew up after hurricane david i don't think there has been any tree planting effort why is that no, no, why, no, why, no, why, no. why is that the case no no that is not quite the case to the best of my knowledge um, when um, Mary Eugenia Charles was then the Prime Minister, she had had what are called a, a, a agricultural diversification program in place. I think people like this is John McIntyre, the others in the Ministry of Agriculture was heading this thing. And it was planting mainly in Kosa. There was a lot of coffee being planted, and there was also a lot of julienne mangoes and avocados. Citrus was not a big part of it. But I think it was mainly um, avocados, julie mangoes, and some coffee were planted, and a very big program. But what has happened is that, that um, there was some conflict where that when in the in the in the late 80s that bananas was was king. Some people started cutting back some of those those um, tree crops to plant bananas because there was no development of a proper export market when those bananas and came into production or bananas or the coffee and so on and there was no coffee plant was talked about when the people had the coffee how are you going to process it and manufacture the only people who were doing some processing of coffee was bello so you're saying that we do have coffee on the island they're just not in sufficient yeah, there's some coffee on the island yes there's some coffee on the island. there's no question about it. but the, i but think that um um in that in that area you I think, in, to the best of my knowledge, when I was in the banana industry, visited in the field, in the Cahome area, had some coffee, a lot of coffee planting, in, in, 
also in the syndicate area, a Middleton syndicate area. There's quite a bit of coffee planted in that area, to the best of my knowledge. But the but the coffee that we have in Dominica currently is not is not enough. It's not sufficient, right, to run the. No, I don't think it's sufficient yet to 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 do it. I don't know the size of the output of the plant that we have there, so I cannot speak. Um, definitely on whether we have sufficient coffee for the but this but is my. I guess what I'm trying to establish is whether or not the plant is already functioning. It's not functioning, is it? Not to the best of my knowledge. Okay. Okay. Because I found I found it to be kind of interesting because coffee is something that I think that Dominica could do very well with. And that is true. Coffee, I mean, that's that's a crop that is very much in demand. We've seen, as you said, the example of Jamaica. Jamaica has done very, very well by yes. focusing on their mountain coffee. And I believe that's that right. Dominica can, in fact, regain some of its former glory with regards to coffee. But I just don't see, Grayson, and probably I'm too far from the action, but I just don't see the kind of effort and the kind of, of, of commitment to agriculture that I think that is necessary. And I'm, I'm talking at all levels, at the policy yeah, level. Yeah. At the or the, at the local level, I mean, I, I go to villages where people are just not working the land anymore, and, and I'm trying to get to understand what what is what is what is driving that. Why are people so? But but you you see you see, Thompson, you you have to remember is that and we seem to forget when we had the monocrop industry of bananas and we planted bananas. It is almost guaranteed and a certainty. Every Thursday and Friday, there was a boatload in the, co the commodity to export it. Okay? In some of the other commodities that you could speak of, there was always some problem with there was, you don't have sufficient volume, or you had some shipping problem, or you had some um, post-harvest problems that you had to deal with and so on. That. So th there was a lot of uncertainty with the farmer. You could almost be certain when the farmer had his five bananas or he had his chocolate, when he came to the reception table, that was accepted. When he picks, he, pick, he does his dashing or he does his thing, and where is the guarantee that he has the consistency that he can sell it every, every week or every fortnight, or as the case may be, or his frequency of delivery? So you think that the, the problem there is, is a question of not having this, this secure market and the absence of those secure markets, people are not willing yeah. to spend the time planting. Yeah. Okay. In case you're just joining us on this weekend interview, our guest is Mr. Grayson Stedman. Grayson worked for several years, in fact, for over 30 years. He worked in the banana industry in Dominica, serving for many of those years as a financial controller in the banana industry. More recently, he was part of the banana trust that was implementing different um, projects with the EU funding. Listen, let's talk a little bit, and I want to come back a little later in the program to to the history of bananas, and you are the best person, I think, to talk to about this. But before we do that, I want to talk a little bit about your, your more recent work with the banana trust. And um, mm. tell me what, what kinds of projects were implemented. You mentioned, I think, the the irrigation system that was done in Kasibu that unfortunately has not been used, so that was, you can, you can say that's money that has been wasted, but what else um, did you do during okay. those eight years? Just to give the, the listeners an insight, basically, when the Latin American countries challenged the European um, um, countries on this bananas, as you know that the question of that, 
APC country bananas had free access into the European Union whilst dollar bananas were paying a tariff and they challenged that when they had the WTO. So the, 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 the European Union took a long while before they settled, but eventually that it's a matter, it's a matter of time before they would have to reduce the tariff on Latin American bananas. So in preparation of that happening, the European Union decided, let us put in some money into the APC countries, particularly in the Greenwood Islands, to make the industry more commercialized and more viable. And one of the things and areas of viability was to do things like building new packing sheds, and these packing sheds could meet new, new standards, as you know that um, um, with your hardship and, and, and standards and so on, that any commodity that has been exported has to meet certain standards because of the market. That is one. The other area that was considered was the quality of bananas and so on, and it was agreed that some money would be provided for building farm access road, which is concreted farm access road. So money was provided there. We implemented quite a bit, I think, something like about seven or eight miles of farm access roads. The other thing that was identified was irrigation. And if you could have irrigation, that you could have a consistency of production because one of the things that, that bananas need is a regular supply of water 52 weeks a year. And during the dry season, because that you do not have sufficient water, the plant was under stress. So these are the areas that have identified to put in money into the infrastructure in the banana industry. And all of this money was provided by the European Union. So a banana trust was set up. We got money through the NEO's office, and we were executing agency to do this various implementation. So it, the focus was almost exclusively on bananas and basically revamping the banana sector. Yeah, that, that was the original focus. But as bananas now are, are not prominent again, that the same land can be used for multi-purpose agriculture. There's nothing to say you cannot do that. Grayson, from your own information and knowledge, how many how many farmers, how many active farmers do we have in Dominica currently? Do you know? Do you, do well, that's that, that a, a question. I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'll, I'll be surprised that, that we may only have maybe about four or 500 active farmers producing bananas at this time of the year. And you're talking about now. some 3,000 farmers in the Haiti of the banana sector. We had, we had over No, 3, no, no, no. In the Haiti of the banana farm, we had 6,000. 6,000, okay. Wow. Yeah. And that 6,000 was between, um, I would say, from 1985 um, to 19... 1990, and we had the peak production in 1987 when the country produced, I think, something like almost 80,000 tons of bananas with gross revenue sales in excess of $100 million. Now, let's talk a little bit about the banana sector, kind of giving a historical perspective to our discussion. I've yeah. always wanted to ask or to verify this information. I'm, I'm being told that the banana farmers in Dominica, some of them at least, would actually put stones in the boxes. Is that is that true? As far as you know. Well, that that was that was that was in the days when you were shipping bananas um, on stems. But when we moved into, I think in the in the seventies, we moved into shipping bananas in boxes, in 
that no, that that never happened uh, to the best of marriage. Because that was I was talking needed. to somebody who who seems to know what they were talking about, and they were saying that it happened because the farmers the boxes were supposed to be a certain weight. I think twenty seven. I, I don't know the exact weight, but the boxes were supposed to be a certain weight, and then to make up the weight, the farmers would actually put stones in there. No, I, no, I, I think that that. That, that, that would be only uh, very few isolated cases. Um, uh, and I tell you why I can say that, because in 1971 or 72, about, when I, I came into active in the banana industry, I was a food quality officer working in Nice, and I worked there for about two years. And I could tell you that uh, we had some very um, strict inspection process and so on. So I, I, I think that was in the days when... Um, um, bananas were shipping on on stems, but certainly when we move on to uh, on to boxes, I think that I'm not saying that you wouldn't have a, a, a isolated cases, but that was not the practice. But I can I can understand when the when the bananas were being done in the boxing plants. At one time, we had boxing plants throughout the islands, and everybody would bring yeah. their their bunches on stems, and they would cut them. Yeah, sure. So therefore, if the banana box. industry was the one doing blowing all the boxes. That, that probability of putting stones in the box was not there at all. Was not except there, but you had a few people that, But after that, huh? that, after that period, when farmers were actually allowed to box the, the fruit... They did the field pack, yeah. yeah. I mean, how, how much control did you have over that? I mean, I would expect that there would be very little control, right? Because the farmers were actually allowed to, to box the, the, the bananas on the, on the field and take them in directly into the port at... Uh, at uh, yeah, and point. when that happened, there was a selection process. So when the farmer delivered his bananas, it was normally a, a factor that you would you'd take the first 10 boxes, you'd open the boxes, look at the quality, and if you, you, you're sure of the quality, you could let a couple boxes pass, you would stop. No, there was a, a selection process taking place on a sample basis. So there was some random, random checking. There was some random sampling. Yes, 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 yeah. yes, yes. You know, the reason why, the reason why I'm, I'm pursuing that, Grayson, is because it seems to me, from what I've been hearing and, and doing my own research, and I want to verify a lot of what I'm saying, but it seems to me that, that there might be a history there because I'm also considering what happened with vanilla. I'm told a similar thing happened with vanilla. You remember Dominica was a major vanilla exporter. But, but Thompson, let's get the, uh, the record straight. Mm -hmm. I can say definitely, having been involved in the banana industry, the question of having stones and implements and so on is not the factor that the demise of the banana industry. The demise of the banana industry could say, A, one, is that because of the Latin America putting pressure and we, we enjoy that, that tariff and then we, we, for us to compete, that is one, we couldn't compete because of price, the other thing is that because of price and farmers are trying to make income, sometimes they lower the standard of the quality. That was a factor. But I, can't, you can't, I don't think we'd have to ignore all factors that people put in stones or things in it. That, no. I would not accept that at all as a factor. All right. That, that's, that's interesting to know because, you know, as I said, I had, I had a, a very long discussion with a gentleman from Dominica who was intimately related to the banana industry and, and was giving me that really that, that story to me. And I've heard it anecdotally from other people, but I just wanted to know from their own source as somebody who was intimately involved in, in banana production and in yeah. overseeing banana production in, in Dominica, whether that was in fact the case. I'm glad you were able to, um, to clarify that. But I was, was talking earlier... What, what I can tell... Mm -hmm. what, look, 
you see that it's not everything that people tell you over there. What I can tell you could would, would happen, and again, that is isolated cases, okay? A farmer could come down with his truckload of bananas to the reception depot, okay? He will have his bananas and he could put two or three um, step knees and some stones in the truck. Driving over the way bridge, he gets the weight, and when he reaches at the port, he takes off his bananas, he finds some way to throw the tires over the fence or something to get the weight, but not that the, banana, the, the actual thing went to the UK. No. They have actually cases of that happening. Okay. That's what the fellow my mayor want to tell you. All right, well, well that is, that is, that's, that's important to, you know, to get your side because that's what yeah. I've been hearing. I wanted to, to find out for myself if that no. was in fact, yeah. in fact the case no. because I was, I was hearing no. of a similar incident in Vanilla when... when okay, I'm yeah, that, that has happened, but I, but I will not lose too much sleep on the file of telling you about the stone business. No, no, that, that has no material or economic um, thing to say that that is the demise of the industry. industry. I wouldn't support that for one minute. Okay, because because my 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 sense is that um, it, it it forced it forced um, geese to to look elsewhere. But 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 let's let's talk about the, the demise. Part of part of the problem, though, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong. Part of what I I suspect happened was that where you had the escalating demand for bananas, it seemed to me that that geese need, needed to get to get um, production from elsewhere. And again, I'm putting this to you and and tell me from your own experience whether or not that is the case. It is my understanding that, that when, when geese wanted to get more production, they decided to go into Latin America and set up some plantations in Latin America. And you had Dole and Chiquita and the other band of producers who, were, who retaliated effectively against geese. And that, that seemed to have contributed towards is pulling out. Um, is there any truth to that? Is, is that something that you're aware of? Is that well, well, you, you, you had a situation where geese was controlling almost the two the two banana um, companies that were dominating the UK market was the Jamaica producers and the Greenwood Islands bananas. And you'll 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 have to understand that geese as a marketer had a certain clientele to supply like the, the same breeze, the Marx and Marx and Spencer and so on, so on. So every year that when you would have your production uh, forecast and sometimes you have windstorms, you have hurricanes, you have drought, and your production was to drop, this had an obligation to, to supply its, 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 its market share and went out to look for bananas elsewhere. One of the things that this has bought I know has bought Latin American bananas to make up their, their, their quota in the market and has taken a decision that I think they bought a couple of acres or a um, few hundred acres of land, I think it was in Costa Rica, to do their own production. But that, that venture um, proved to be um, not as viable as they expected and this eventually abandoned it. That I can see, I know about. But it was just as a matter of uh, uh, as a, a, a backup, a security to mention mm -hmm. that they have the market share to supply. But and you will expect mm -hmm. that in, like in any, any, any mm -hmm. person who has an, a, 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 a market share to supply mm -hmm. and you have people producing for you and if for some reason, legitimate reason, they cannot supply, you have a responsibility to look elsewhere to supply market. Mm -hmm. 
but then would that have contributed though to to them backing off if they were unable to get their own farms going in costa rica there was that problem that they were having in the Wingmore islands if as I said, if the hurricanes and everything else um would that have would that have contributed in, in any significant way to their deciding to get out of the thing altogether well, I don't know how much that, that played up, but what you have to understand is that um, um, Geese was, was marketing Windward Islands bananas, and if, um, if you had no more Windward bananas or the Windward Islands banana production has to, has to drop, and they did not have the option to buy because you must understand that the Latin American countries were the competitors. And you would, how would you think that Central America would want to sell bananas to give to market in in a market that you yourself want to penetrate? So I think because of the of of the demise of the banana industry, I think that has, in my view, contributed to geese pulling out themselves and also making because. Also, ourselves, we know the islands buying over the give some um, equity in some fashion. Okay. In case you are just joining us, we are talking there to Grayson Stedman, an agriculturist out of Dominica, worked for over 30 years in the banana sector in Dominica, spent eight years with the Banana Trust implementing projects for the European Union throughout Dominica. We are talking about agriculture and the state of agriculture in the country. Um, Grayson, I wanted to, to talk a little bit, uh, coming back to a more current setting, because I, I, as I said, I, I'm, a, I'm a student of history. I, I like to, to delve into history. But I, I'm thinking now, there's been quite a lot of discussion of late about organic agriculture in Dominica and the need for Dominica as a nature island, as, as you know, that it would be a great selling point for it to, to actually go into, into organic agriculture. What are your views on this? Well, certainly that uh, uh, I don't have very much knowledge about uh, organic uh, agriculture, but one thing that I, I would say, the number of people who talk about we should go, because, because we are a green country, nature island, we should go organic. But everybody I hear talking about let us go organic. Nobody is telling, us, telling me or telling the, the people, the listening public, hey, what is the output on an acre or, or, or on a parcel of land? What is the cost of production and so on? Let us go organic, fair enough. Give me the cost and let us have the cost comparison. And what is the economics? At the end of the day, Thompson, is the question of how much money that goes in my pocket. The other issue that one has to think of is that Organic agriculture, yeah, as I know it in Africa, in the United States, you pay more for, the, for, the, for, for it. The question, is the consuming public in Dominica can, uh, prepare, prepared to pay a little more for, the, for organic agriculture? And yeah, so this that's is a the question that, that I cannot answer for that's a very good question, but I would think that if you're going to go into it, it would really be for the, for the expert market, no? Yeah, yeah, but, but, but the question that you have to look at, um, Thomas, is that since it, there's no question it's going to be more expensive to produce. So that is one factor you have. Then you add it to that, you have your marketing and your division cost to get it on the other end. People who are closer to, to those markets who they ride with would have a cost advantage over you. So it's something that has to be looked very, very carefully. 
and if and it is something that you'll have to look for a niche market for a particular crop that you want to grow. But I don't think that we could just go open and say that we are organic and we're going organic. No. There are a lot of factors. It's not something that somebody let us go on it. Somebody has to sit down, let us look at the paperwork, look at the cost, look at all of the factors before a decision can be made. That is my view. And it's, I, I'm assuming it's also your view that that's not something you think that would be necessarily be beneficial to Dominica. Yeah. So what, the, what the, of my concern today is not so much about organic agriculture or not. We have a very young population in this country and we have problems of obesity, renal failure, diabetes, and so on. What we need to do is to look at our agriculture to grow things that we eat, the things that we grow, and grow the things that we eat, and we eat more healthier food instead of eating all of this junk food that is coming out of the United States or wherever it is, and creating down the road that you have a major health bill to pay. This is, that should be a priority instead of telling about organic agriculture now. So, you, so you're not one of those that think that that is the way to go? Well, I'm not saying that if the cost and everything, the factors are shown that this is the way to go. But I would think that in agriculture today, besides developing agriculture for export, we should need it to look at being more self-sufficient, looking at food security in the country, and and avoid all of this junk food that the people are eating that is causing health problems to us. Because at one at, at one at one on one le on one level, people are saying that um, organic food is, is more nutritious, etc. But nobody is talking about all of this junk food that is coming in this country that is causing the health problems. Yeah. You cannot be mm -hmm. talking to, on two sides of the same mouth. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, and, and, you know, one of the things that I, I was thinking of and I was hoping that we would have been able to do, and that's where I'm a strong advocate for taxation, to, be, to use taxes as a, as a detriment, or, or sorry, as a detriment, but to, as a deterrent for people doing certain, certain things. So, for example, here in the United States, you have those sin taxes where you put very high taxes on cigarettes and alcohol to prevent young people from actually buying it. I think we need to do something like that for agriculture in Dominica. That we, we, should have, we should have those taxes on the imports of agriculture produce because I find it very hard to believe that in this day and age we have fruits, carrots, lettuce, um, pineapples and so on coming out of Dominica and competing effectively against those that are grown in Dominica. Yeah. Would that, would that be something that you would you, you could ad advocate in, in Dominica? What I advocate in terms of a more healthy lifestyle for eating, and I say that you won't have to move technology in agriculture, under greenhouse technology. You could have carrots, you could have all your vegetables could be grown under, under, under greenhouse condition and increase your yield tremendously. You don't have to, in the past, uh, as I was mentioning to you about using technology in agriculture, in the days when, in the heydays of, uh, of bananas, farmers had to physically go with a bag of fertilizer and fertilize this crop. Today, on irrigation, you have what you call fertigation, so th and, and you have all your fungicides and, 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 and all of your chemicals right into the irrigation water going straight into, into, your, into the field, to the plant. So all of that is savings that you're, you're doing in labor, and you're increasing your yield. 
so this is where Annie. The other question I would like to talk about is the question of what I mentioned earlier about food security. We're importing something like almost 100 tons of chick chicken and substandard chicken in the country every, every month, every week, I mean. And we can grow a good chicken for local consumption. Granted, we may have to pay a few more cents, but it can be done economically. Tomsla, I just was coming out of Trinidad in July when I went to a conference and I was looking at Trinidad is self-sufficient in any chicken. It can be done if it's done properly. Are you there, Tomsla? Yes, yes, yes. Go ahead. Uh -huh. It can be done. You see, and the, the other thing I suppose that one of the things I suppose that the, the politicians are afraid of and, and people is that there's something that cannot be, you have to look at what you call economic unit sizes to the production. For example, if you're going to go chicken and going to boilers, forget the fellow who's making two, three hundred chicken, that's a waste of time. You're talking about people delivering on a weekly basis in, in the case of thousands of chicken to make it economical. Because you have your overhead cost, that is it. So, to, you, so the more, the, as you know, like, as the economy secretary said that, the more output or the volume that you have, you spread your fixed cost over more units and reduce your, your cost of production. But, you know, I'm very curious about this whole poultry thing because, as you said, I mean, we're talking about $25, $30 million worth of poultry imported into Dominica every year. No, no, the figure that I have is about 18 to $19 million for meat. Okay, well, yeah. all right. I was told that... So what, what's, your, what, what's, your, what's your concern? No, what I was about to say is that given that, that, that substantive amount of money that's going out in foreign exchange, why yeah. is that that no private person has seen it beneficial or, or be able to be in a position to go into poultry, into poultry harvesting? Why? I, I know that there's been talk about the, the cost of the feed, but surely you must have given that some thought as well. What, what seems to be the overriding factor that prevents people from going? It seems to me that immediately you, you have a, a 20, 30, you know, $20 million market right, you know, right there. Well, there's a number of factors. Number one is that you have an already established outlet or people importing chicken and, and, and outlet for distribution. You have to get them to buy into your idea, okay? Because you already have a distribution system, please. So they must buy into that in, into that idea. Well, they would, they would and, have to um, buy from you. It's done. It's done in, in, in Barbados. It's done in Saint Lucia. It's done in Saint Vincent. It's done in Grenada. Why is it not been done in Dominica? Because there are a number of factors. To try to be done properly, um, is that. It would be very nice that if we, for example, for it to be done properly in this country, number one, I think the government have a program that they want to do looking at it, but I think they're going in the, in the wrong direction. You need to have a hatchery. You cannot buy the old chicks out of Barbados. Waste of time. Nonsense. You bring in your fertilized eggs, you hatch it on island. There's a probability looking at the option of whether you could get big in bigger volumes of, of Instead of you, you have three or four people importing um, um, poultry feed, you have, a, you have an association, you have a viable poultry association. People become members of that association, and the association is, will be the responsible for running a hatchery, running, if it is looking at the economics of establishing a feed mill in Dominica.
Mm-hmm. It is. It can be done. It's just that the effort and the, the, the people have to get together to get it done. I've seen it in in Trinidad. Well, yeah, it's, as I said, it's fraud. It's fraud the islands, and, I, I, and I'm, re- I'm really still not be quite. It's not. It's not fraud the island. It is that started in. They have been it in Saint Lucia. They're now getting back in Grenada. They have it, but it is not. It, the the industry is not total. Um, but it's done on a significant level, like in St. Lucia, it's not 100%, but it's done on a significant level there. In Barbados as well. Okay, in case you're just joining us, we are talking there to agriculturist um, Grayson Steadman. We might just have lost him for a little bit there. We will try to get him back with us, but we're talking there to, to Grayson Steadman who worked for over 40 years in the agriculture sector. I'm not sector. available at this time. Please leave a brief message. Who worked for over 40 years number. in the agriculture Thank sector you. in Dominica. I think we, we have him back. Um, Grayson, welcome. Welcome back. Yes, welcome back. Um, we were mm. talking about we were talking about you, the whole question of um, food security in the islands. And one of the areas we looked at already yeah. is, the whole, is, is poultry. But beyond that, even just in terms of, of uh, a very disturbing trend I've seen in Dominica, and that one really haunts me, is that we're importing from Miami uh, tomatoes, carrots, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in significant quantities mm-hmm. into Dominica. Yeah. And to me, that is deeply troubling. I mean, this is chaos for an exchange that is going out to areas that we could be engaged in because because thompson the problem again it is have to be organized you can't the reason is that, that not that these things cannot be the tomatoes and the the carrots can be going but if a fellow has a backyard garden and he's producing um all of his time in the day, when he comes in the market he wants to make his money you need some a couple of acres of the thing you need volume to bring down the price but why is it? I don't have to put into technology but to reduce is, your cost of production. Why is it not been done? Why is it not? Why is it not been organized on a on a policy level? Because why is because, because Thompson, the reason that I, I explained earlier on is that how you you move the seller from one stage of his production pattern. Where you take a fork, he dig his in, he applies fertilizer by hand, you, he take a watering can and the water, and you tell him to move into a greenhouse technology where he puts all the chemicals in, 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 in something and he goes through the, through the system and he waters it. He will tell you, and he cannot perceive that if he was to invest $25,000 on that investment, he will make it out in two or three years. He tell you that is too much money for him to invest, but he, somebody has not tell him, look at the investment and look at the returns down the road. He's looking at tomorrow morning, not two years down the road. So, Are you with me? Yes, yes, I'm with you. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm following you. So you think it's more an issue of, of the, the level of investment that's required and, and, and switching from... And, and his knowledge. Some of us have a fear that to jump to the, the next fear of... Listen, Thompson, let us be fair to all concerns. When things are new, new computers and, and things come out and so on, wasn't it the younger people? Every, the, the, young, the, the more elderly people was afraid of the technology. Mm-hmm. We had to move, the, the, get the transition to get them to understand it. 
and we have to be happy on, the, on it. Look at what cell phone is doing today. Why can't it be done in agriculture? Use the technology. But I will, t I will, t I will tell you though. I think the, the major, one of the major feelings of the agriculture sector, as I see it in Dominica, is a lack of will on at the political level. The policymakers, I think, has not, has not given agriculture the kind of importance, the kind of eminence that it deserves in the country. And I think that is what is affecting it. I mean, when, when I look even at even in, in I understand that. But Thompson, 15, Thompson, you, I don't know. I don't know what is your, your, your take on this policy. You have to understand that you, we, we, Dominica is not in the case of the United States, although they have the same politics. The question is that you want to have to ask yourself that if 10 fellows can move into Dominica and do all of the vegetables in it, for the politician that is only 10 votes, you know, if you can give 100 fellows to do a substandard thing and, and get your cost up, up, to go up, he has a hundred votes. He's not concerned about the cost of what the, the fellow is, 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 is producing to get this thing out to, to make it cheaper for the consumer. So politics does play a role. But of course, all politicians do it. We just don't happen that we don't have the, the people of the wheel who... If I had the money to do tomorrow morning, I would go a poultry chicken farm doing, doing a couple of at least five, five ten thousand um, broilers a week. And it's, it's durable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's really beyond me because I think, I think that we are, you know, it's, it's a very dangerous road to go down when you are not able and to... And the, the, the other thing, the other yeah. thing, Thompson, that nobody talks about it, this factor. And I, I and of over the years, nobody has been talking. Are you aware of the fact that Dominica is one of the own, one of the countries in the Caribbean that is closest to, to the European market? It is. Oh, now we have that. Oh, yeah, it's 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 for the north. Yeah. Uh huh. You have Martinique and Goldman either side. They have a much higher standard of living. You could produce for that market. Right. Right. You, of, um, 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 you have to be granted, your, there's, a, there's a number of standards you have to meet. You have to meet the European standard for the HACIPO. Uh, so you have to, if you have to go to vegetables, you have to have your whole sanitation things that you know that um, export diseases and things across the line. If you're doing chicken or meat and so on, you have to have a proper abattoir and so on, proper inspection and so on. But it's doable. It's doable. Mm -hmm. He said we just have to have the will and get those people who are interested and get them to, uh, to and provide the support to get them to move. And as I said earlier, and I'll say it again, that if you go into the food security and you go to chicken, forget the fellow with, 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 with 150 umbrellas. He's a waste of time. He's doing it for his backyard, for him to eat. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, my, my, my whole sense is that listen, there's so much more that needs to be done because... At the very least, Dominica, with all of it, all of the land it has, all of the fertile soil, we should, at the very minimum, be able to feed ourselves, and we are not, even as we speak. And that, to me, is very disturbing. Well, uh, well, it, 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 it will, it will. I don't know what is going to take for it to, to be done, but as I said, that 
and I'll say it again that yes, agriculture has its, its problems and so on, but nevertheless, you could move in and use technology into agriculture to to um, to um, to produce something. You have new varieties of crops. You have you have irrigation. You and and various things that can be done. Methods of treating your disease and etc. It can be done. Yes, and I, I hope that this is a conversation that can continue to, you know, to go out in, in Dominica. We talk a lot in Dominica. There's a lot of different conversations taking place in Dominica. And I feel at times we don't focus on the right types of conversations. I, I hope that, you know, people will start looking very closely at the sector because that's, it has the potential to make Dominica a very rich country if we're able yeah. to, to, to get it right, you know, get agriculture right. I think that that is certainly the way that I would advocate for a country like, Domin yeah. like Dominica. Well, well, Grayson, I think we've, we've just about exhausted our, our time here tonight, and I, I really want to thank you for spending the, the past hour um, talking on a very critical subject, that of agriculture, something that's very close to my heart, obviously, um, having grown up in agriculture. Having been a child of agriculture, a child of the banana, I call myself a, a banana child, you know, having, having benefited from, if you like, from agriculture, I was able to fund my early schooling and, and I'm, will, I will be forever grateful for what agriculture did for me and for a whole generation of Dominicans and I, would, I certainly would like to see a lot more be done to promote agriculture in Dominica. So thank you for joining us for the for the whole hour. You're most welcome, Thompson. And anytime again, I'll certainly be welcome to be on your program again. Yes, thank you. certainly, um, Grayson. We look forward to talking to you again. Uh, you know, obviously uh, that that's a topic that will not go away. And as things uh, continue to unfold in Dominica, we'll be sure to be talking to you again. So thank you again. Welcome. All right. Bye -bye. Thank, thank you. you. And to your listeners. Great. Thanks a lot, Grayson. This was um, Grayson Stedman on this weekend interview, who worked um, for more than 30 years in the banana industry in Dominica. He served a significant number of those years. He served as the financial controller for the banana industry. More recently, he was involved with the banana trust, implementing several projects through EU funding throughout the island. We want to thank all of you for joining us for this weekend interview. Next week, our guest will be. Mr. Severin McKenzie, architect and the owner of the paper of the toilet paper factory in Dominica, an architect by training. But Mr. McKenzie has written a very interesting article about what went wrong with Dominica last Wednesday when we had the severe flooding on the island. We'll be taking a close look at what went wrong in Dominica next week. So you want to be sure to join us for that at 8 o'clock. Our guest for this weekend interview will be Severin McKenzie. So we'll be looking forward to having all of you joining us as we do it again for you next week. But from me to you, let me say a very special thank you to all of you who are tuning in tonight. Thank you for listening. And let me say, of course, a very special thank you to our producer, Sam Judge, for putting all of this thing together, for really organizing, organizing this weekend interview.
and for making contact with our guests and ensuring that everything worked well tonight. A very special thank you to our producer, Sam Judge, and to all of our listeners. Let me thank you for listening. I will be joining you again next week at the same time for another edition 